Hey, guess what? I want to tell you about the Boardroom Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks, and it is September 25th and 26th, and we have a hall filled with the entire surfboard manufacturing industry, surfboards, wetsuits, fins, hard goods of all kinds, and it includes the Icons of Foam tribute to Pat Rawson. This is a shaping contest, a shape-off, if you will. And we do it each and every show to honor a legendary craftsman. And this year it is our friend Pat Rawson. And Pat has chosen eight shapers, including, and I don't have them in front of me, so I hope I don't butcher this too bad. But I know he's chosen Bill Barnfield, Timmy Patterson, Ricky Carroll, Sam Egan, all the way from Australia. Very excited to meet Sam Egan, Luke Egan's father. Hopefully the winning shaper in our Japan shape-off from Harlem Surfboards will be there. Chris Christensen is included. And, of course, the defending champ, Ryan Birch, and a few others that are uh, evading me right now. Regardless, we've got a big show planned. We've got a seminar area with a live stream. It's going to be live streamed to the world. The entire show is going to be live streamed to the world thanks to BoardShaper.com and the good folks at Keyed In, an incredible tech company. And Revchem Douglas Surf Products is going to put on their How It's Made exhibit. Best in show presented by Zio Baffa Organic Italian Wines. Please, if you're a board builder and you're listening to this, Best in Show is open to everybody around the globe. It's free to enter, and we have $2,500 in cash and prizes for first place. In addition, there will be some boards from the California Gold Surf Auction, which takes place one week after the boardroom show in October. So a lot going on. Boardroom Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. More information is at boardroomshow.com. And quickly, let me tell you about Headstock Guitar Lovers Festival. If you are a guitar player, a guitar builder, or just a guitar lover like me, you're going to want to check out Headstock. It's a hall filled with luthiers, builders, manufacturers, gear, amps, electronics, accessories, and, of course, seminars, demos, and live music. We have a stage with incredible guitarists, many of whom are really good surfers. So please check out the Headstock website and mark it on your calendar November 6th and 7th in Point Loma at the Liberty Station Conference Center, the Headstock Guitar Lovers Festival. And that website, guitarloversfestival.com. I imagine at some point in history, when Tom Blake showed his surfboard fin, his very first surfboard fin, to other surfers on the beach, somebody undoubtedly scoffed, rolled their eyes, and muttered, that ain't going to work. Contempt prior to investigation is perhaps mankind's deadliest sin. No doubt it is our stupidest sin. Bob Folk is on a mission. His vision is to give surfers a more dynamic fin system. A fin system that is both dynamic, as I mentioned, but also static. It provides a loose, free-flowing liveliness, but in addition, also drive and power. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Bob Folk from 180 Surfboards. Let us begin.
Okay, Bob Folk of 180 Surfboards. Bob, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Even though I'm at your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a little bit of of some personal backstory about you. Where did you, uh, where were you first introduced to the ocean? Where did you, uh, what was your first custom surfboard? Give me some Bob Folk as a kid. Well, how far back do you want to go? A twinkle in your parents' eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Um, I was born in Van Nuys, California, and uh, lived there for 11 years. Um, was introduced to the ocean pretty early on. I don't know. I'm, I think I was probably a toddler. And uh, <clears throat> um, that was kind of the seed. Loved the ocean, always wanted to go. And then uh, right around age eight, I believe, eight or nine, my dad, who worked for Lockheed, uh, decided that he was going to build my older brother a surfboard. And uh, he built a surfboard in the garage, did the whole thing. Never seen one before, laid up the fin. The thing was beautiful. He, he's a, Bob, he, hold on for just a sec, please. Built a, a surfboard. It was probably 10 foot at that point, a bunch of stringers in it. My dad was a craftsman, woodworker. And... Uh, so that was the kind of the first time I'd ever really seen a surfboard. Um, what kind of board was it? it like a 10-foot, single fin, big, square. What year? 64? 63, okay. 64? Yeah. Right in that range? Right. Um, and, uh, the, of course, that surfboard disappeared. I don't think my brother ever rode it or anything. I have no idea what happened to it. Um, there was a kid on our block older than me, um, and he grew up in Santa Monica and moved into our neighborhood. He really kind of introduced me to the whole thing. He, was, he taught me how to, to uh, make a mold and cast out a resin a little surfboard for as a keychain. So I, I was shaping little surfboards <laughs> at eight years old and molding them and stuff. Um, and then we, we moved out to Newhall Saugus, Canyon Country area, because my dad would go between Burbank and, and Palmdale. Uh, and so we ended up halfway. And uh, So you're way out in the boonies now. Way out in the boonies. Yeah. Way out there. And uh, I think I was probably... 13 when my brother talked me into buying a surfboard from one of his friends <laughs> and uh so that was my first board that i owned uh got in it. newhall yeah wow got it for 35 bucks it was a weber and the the nose had broken off had been repaired yeah and then my mom she would drive me to santa monica and uh i just right. started riding whitewater and stuff like that yeah but uh, when I f turned 15 is when it really got serious. My yeah. brother would take me up to Ventura, and, and I had different boards at that point, and um, even made a few of my own. So you were fully involved in, in the surfing lifestyle at a young age yeah. in Newhall. In Newhall. Right. Do you think that <laughs> living that far away from the ocean um, was a benefit? Uh, if I lived any closer, I probably wouldn't go to school that much. <laughs> We, we we did we did cut class a few times and it never really worked out very well. But uh, I think we've all done that. <laughs> I've always thought that people that 
weren't right on the beach had much more drive to actually be involved in the whole thing. And, you, you know, you see some people that like, yeah, the guy grew up right on the sand and, you know, yeah. for what, you know, you're like, God, I would have loved to have lived there. But yeah. I've noticed that people that are further away, maybe even two miles away as kids, they're just, they, they're like, mom, take me to the beach. You know, anyway. Well, that was me. Um, but then when I got my license <clears throat> and uh, bought my first car, uh, it was game over. I was going, you know, going to Ventura, Oxnard, Malibu occasionally, Sekis a lot. Um, that whole stretch, mm-hmm. you know, spent a lot of time. And then uh, when I turned 18, went to college at San Diego State. And, uh, man, that was a game changer. Yeah. Where <laughs> did you surf when you were down there? Everywhere. Right. You name it. And what, was, what year was this? Graduated high school 72. So uh, it was like 73 till 77. Cool. That must have been a magic time in San Diego. Five years of nothing but fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and did you graduate? Yes. Okay, good, good now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did graduate, and as soon as I did, uh, sold everything and, and moved to Hawaii. I was just going to ask you about that, your travels. Um, so how long did you live in Hawaii, and what were you doing there for work? My sister and brother-in-law moved over from Lucadia, um, and he had family there, and his aunt owned a store in the international marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so I got a shoe in to work in this, the Gourmet Bazaar, which is kind of a liquor store, gift shop in the international marketplace. Lived there for a couple years, met my wife, Piper, uh, and then like six months later, we eloped in honolulu on pearl harbor day wow and that was 43 years ago wow <laughs> uh and so we together she and i started a crazy business and uh moved back to the mainland here ended up in dana point what was this business at the time when we met i was working on a uh, bodyboard project and uh i had all the materials to make all these bodyboards and she worked at a restaurant, and she asked me if she, if I could make a pair of rabbit ears for one of the little girls that, you know, one of the employees' little girls. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. So, you know, I fashioned a, a pair of rabbit ears and, you know, took them, and she came back, and she goes, okay, I need, like, five more. Oh, man. Well, that turned into a, a huge business. Um. And a guy contacted us over there from Crazy Shirts. He worked at Crazy Shirts. <clears throat> and um, he wanted to invest. And Wait a minute. So you're, you're making mm-hmm. rabbit ears for little girls? These are just soft, like... Boogie board material? Boogie board material rabbit ears. Big rabbit ears. They weren't little. They were huge. Huge. And, right. And so uh, that... And then did you have a diversified mo- line of stuff? <sighs> Obviously, you didn't just have rabbit ears. You had everything probably, right? It was basically whatever the customer wanted, you would just cut it out. Yeah, we had a huge catalog. Yeah. You know, crab hats, shark hats. Crazy. All the stuff you see now uh-huh. was because of what we did. Oh, wow. So we, we, it didn't make sense to ship all the raw materials over to Honolulu, make them, right. and then ship them back. It just wasn't. So we ended up in Dana Point and uh, started a factory in Laguna Hills. Mm. And we were actually right next door to Gotcha when they 
we're just starting. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> first six months, first let's see, no, first nine months we did six hundred thousand dollars in sales, and then at the end of the year it was over a million, and growing quickly, and um, through a series of bad business decisions we lost everything. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but it was huge. Do you think you learned from those businesses? Yeah. Yep. What were those mistakes, if you don't mind me asking? We were, a guy came, showed up at our, our shop and um, said, hey, you guys are in the gift industry. You need to be in the toy industry. And we listened to him. And so we discontinued all of our gift reps and everything that had been already set up and doing really well in the hopes that this toy industry thing was going to go even bigger. And we hooked up with Toys R Us. They placed a gigantic order. And um, and we had a TV commercial made, and it was going to air from the East Coast and go across the country to the West Coast. And so we shipped tons of product across the country. Well... <clears throat> In the TV commercial, it was a real quick uh, cut, real quick together. Lots of scenes, and mm-hmm. in one of the scenes, there's a guy standing there with one of our hats on, and he he's holding up a card, and he says, "Do you know me?" Well, that turns out to be a that was a trademark phrase owned by American Express. Uh-huh. We got shut down immediately. We we went back to the TV production guys and said, "Hey." you put this in there can you fix it and and the way it works is you pay them half up front and then when the tv commercial is airing then you pay the next half and you're done well we weren't going to pay him because we can't use the tv commercial and they're not going to do it fix it unless we pay him right well in that that whole time uh toys r us returned everything they just shut it down wow yeah and it just spiraled okay. from that point. Wow. Anyway, so thanks it, for sharing that with me. I know it that's was probably tough. It, but, it, it stung. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But um, uh, let's get yeah. back to surfing. <laughs> okay. One eighty <laughs> <laughs> uh, surfboards mm. and this special fin system. Yeah. Is the what's the name of the fin system? Have you branded this fin system? Is it the pivotal fin system PVS? It's the 180 fin system. 180 fin system. Yeah. Is it separate from the surfboard brand? No, it's all together. Now, I there's two patents that have been issued on the fin system. Right. Maybe we should talk about the fin system and then I'll get into the mm-hmm. patents. So, the listeners it's going to could be difficult for them to understand what's going on. First thing I would recommend the listeners do is go to YouTube and watch the video mm-hmm. with you and your daughter-in-law mm-hmm. who do a great job of breaking it down. So, um I highly recommend that all the listeners do that. Mm-hmm. Um but tell me a little bit about the fin system. Why is it revolutionary? What does it do? Um Let's start there. Well, the pivoting fins have been around forever. A lot of people have tried to incorporate them into a fin system without any success. You can't patent a pivoting fin because it's a rudder, and rudders have been around forever. Yeah. And you, you can't patent Rudders that. move. Rudders move. Yeah. You, and so you can't patent that. Right. Um, but our patents uh, cover the uh, ability to limit how much they pivot. 
So that's how, how the patents work. Right. Um, so uh, I, do you want me to describe yeah, how you, it works? Yeah, the, yeah. I'd like, like I'm an end user. I'm like, oh, my God, tell me about this thing, Bob. What, what's going on here? I see yeah. that these fins move. A lot of people, when I describe it to them, they're like, you mean they just flow like a fish's fin, you know? Or do, are, So they're dynamic, but they're also sort yeah, relatively yeah. static in some regard. So I'm yeah, butchering yes. it. But. Yeah. So they're, they're spring-loaded. And you can take your hand and you can, you, with a lot of pressure, you can move the, the fin and make it pivot. Uh, and if you let go, it'll snap right back. So it's spring-loaded. And we've discovered that it has to be pretty stiff to get the feeling uh, that you, you're after when you're surfing. In other words, when you go into a turn, the, f- the fins will load up. And when you come out of the turn, they unload. So essentially, they are working like the fin, the fin on a fish, you know. And so the energy from your legs and your feet pushing on the fins, that energy gets loaded into the fin itself. And then when you come out, they snap back. So you're getting thrust out of a turn. Um, now, on a, on a small day, you can uh, allow the fins to pivot to their max which uh, will give you um, a tighter turning radius uh, in small stuff. The bigger the waves get, you, you don't really want to have that kind of a turning radius. You want to have it a little more drawn out. So you, you start limiting how much the fin will pivot. Yeah. And, and it's easy to do. You just flip your board over and push the button down and slide it back or forth, depending on what you want. If you slide it all the way forward, you're going to lock the fin in so it's just like a normal locked-in fin uh, that's on the market right now. Right. So you can have a static fin yep. or I can move it f- all the way back. All the way back. And get full range of motion from the spring. Yes. Or I can move it. In midway. Midway and I get half half of the spring. Yeah. So so what it is, it's if you lock it in, you're at zero. And so in other words, our, our boxes are mounted in the board parallel to the stringer. There's zero toe in. And the toe-in happens when you go into a turn, and you're determining how much toe-in you're going to have by the buttons. Um, I have not had the opportunity to ride stuff so big where I need to lock my fins in. In fact, I'm so used to it now, uh, I keep my fins as loose as they go, even in really big stuff. Yeah. Uh, One of the unique things about this fin system is you can... um, you can asymmetrically tune your board. Oh, interesting. So, for example, and I say this in the video, so let's say you're at Rincon and it's big. You're never going to go left. It's a right. And you can you can tighten up your bottom turn fins so you have a long, drawn-out bottom turn, and then when you're coming up off the top, you can, you can um, adjust your top turn fins to be a, a tighter turning radius. Mm. So now you've asymmetrically tuned it. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned a word. You said that you've discovered, and I'm I'm really interested in. I mean, we're here. We are. It's um, 2021. How much time have you put into this system? I mean, I, I know you've gone through some mat radical R and D here, right? So tell me about the first iteration of this. Like, tell me about. The, the genesis of yeah. this idea like yeah. you're like oh one day you're like let's do this and i mean that must have been 25 years ago or something it, you know pretty close well it, first of all i had this idea of a pivoting fin i don't know 35 40 years ago i thought why why are fins not moving they yeah. should be able to move 
never got to it, you know, school got in the way, life got in the way, kids, family, the whole thing. And, and I, but I would remember it and then forget about it and remember it. And then finally in 2009, uh, it was it actually 2008, 2009, it was January of 2009. I had some time and I thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to prototype something. I, I'm going to try something. Yeah. And I did. And, um, it was really crude, um, but it what worked. Was it? It, it, I, hard to describe, but I, I put a teak wood box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, I, I fashioned, literally fashioned a spring in a tube and mounted the tube in the board. And, uh, so the, you tube, mean like a, a like a, a surgical tube, like a, no, uh, like um, a brass tube and okay. with, with a spring in it. Okay. And the spring was longer than the tube? No, so same, same same length same as the length. tube. Okay. And the, the tube itself had a hole in it. And uh, I took a fin and put a, a pin that would come out the bottom of the fin. And that pin would go down into the tube. I see. And the, the spring would, you know. Right. And I did. And I used it. And, and I, it was a really bad day. Um, but I... I rode a wave and kicked out and went, that really felt different. Yeah. And so from that point on, it years of trying to prototype something better, I just kept going. But I, I, I'd have to fabricate these things um, and try to make them um, uh, each one the same. And it was impossible. But I did it, and it worked, but it was really crude, and all kinds of changes. I had to stop and reprototype and redesign. Um, so after years of this, um, and Chris was on board at this point, um, met Norm, and he's a mechanical design engineer. Right. And um, I sat down with Norm. We sat down with Norm and, and showed him what we're doing, and you could see the gears going in yeah. his head. And so, and he could 3D print stuff right there. So design it on the computer, 3D print it, and you'd have it in your hands. Oh, so this, that was a huge game changer for us. Um, We actually prototyped stuff and would put it into a board, but the material wasn't very strong. It wouldn't last long, but we... Is that because of the 3D printing? The material is crappy? It was just what it is. But now the stuff is unbelievable. Right. Um, So yeah, once we hooked up with Norm... uh, the prototyping phase went through the roof and um, things happened very quickly at that point. And was there a point when you were, you just, the, the base of the fin was free flowing. There was no six degree and 12 degree. Is it was it the thing was just wide open. And that was the very beginning, right? The very beginning. Uh, I wasn't limiting it at all. Right. Um, Why did you determine that you needed to limit, limit the, where the fin goes? Because I, for the, if it, if the waves started getting bigger, it's crazy. You, Washed out. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it it almost feels like you're going to spin out, but you're not going to spin out. Yeah. Um, but no one likes that feeling. No one. <laughs> like, and, and the reason that that happens when you when fins you spin out is because the fins cavitate, right? And they lose their bite, and you just you know yeah just you go flying off. But if the fin is pivoting, there's no cavitation. Right you're getting a really quick turning radius and, a, and a lot of people feel like, Hey man, that board almost spun out on me. And, and I said, yeah, I know that's what it's, it feels like it's going to do, but it doesn't. Yeah. Once you get used to it, then you can use that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's a super interesting concept, right? And what it, part of me is thinking, um, well, and I'm sure you guys have had, heard heard it from everybody, right? But there's obviously fins that have a very static, firm base, but that have tons of flex in mm-hmm. the tip. And some might say, and I'm just bringing it up for the discussion here, that that's the way a, a fish's fin works. Mm-hmm. What are your What do you say to that person or to me that says, look, why not just have a real static firm base and we'll let the tip flex? Well, you'll, you'll still get cavitation that way. Um, uh, having the, the fin actually pivot, uh, it's different than the, the, the tip flexing. Um, it's just it's, it's not a flex it's a pivot it's a, right? it's a pivot yeah yeah it's different it, it steers it, it yeah the tip and it, it steers the front board yeah i actually have a really flexy fin and i've noticed sometimes that i'm i'm like i need to put a stiffer fin in this like it might be cavitating mm-hmm. it feels like it's washing out a little bit mm-hmm. it gets a little skittish yeah um what about the uh and i'm going to throw a bunch of devil's advocate at sure because i think it's I about, good i'm good and it's good right it's i think <laughs> it's good for you guys to I imagine at some point you're like, hey, this thing's now working pretty good. We should probably approach one of the other fin systems, the the two major fin systems, FCS and Futures in the marketplace, which own the market, and and see if they're interested on, on any level. So how did those talks go? What was that like? What kind of feedback? What kind of door slamming did you get? Um, well, first of all, and this kind of, People don't like new stuff. We are the most conservative freaks in the world. Surfers are the worst. I've got a t-shirt that says that. I brought one for each of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and Maurice Cole, I read read a quote that he said that um, surfers have been indoctrinated into believing that fins have to be solid. And, 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 And they don't. It, in my opinion, they shouldn't be. They, you should have the ability to have your fins move with you, and so, like when well, you. Well, I would. Can I interrupt and yeah. just say that your fins, I think, are solid. It's that they pivot. Yeah, that's right. They're solid, but they pivot. That's right. You know what I mean? And yes. I think that's yeah. Yeah. Um, Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. So you know, he he said Morris. That. Morris. He, <laughs> you don't ha, call him Maurice. Ha, he, well, he used to hate it. Now he's gotten used to it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. I yeah. like him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if people are indoctrinated in, into believing that, you know, your fins have to be absolutely solid. Yeah. Um, and to, to, people don't want to change. And there's another side, right, Bob, that I bet you've experienced. And I, I also think that Maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience, but surfers are lazy. How many times have I bought a new board, just put the fin in it that was in my drawer, and just wrote it for four years yeah. and never once changed it, yeah. right? So you're battling that as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And you're also battling sort of this new thing, which is um, the aspiring surfer, or for lack of a better phrase, the mountain biking surfer that's just, he's buying a He's buying whatever, and mm-hmm. he just goes on Sunday because his wife wants to go to the beach. And so there's not this desire to get a new, a higher level of performance out of their equipment. They're just like, cool, let's go to the beach, bring the umbrella, yeah. bring, bring a sandwich. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those three things seem to be. Yeah. And I know, I know Bob, that you've, you've been beating your head against this for a while. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, 
I've, I hear it over and over. In fact, we went to one of the, the big fin manufacturers and Chris and I and showed him and he dug it. He liked it, but he didn't know how he could incorporate it into his fin system. Yeah. Um, and I don't know yeah. if I can say names. I wouldn't or, say it yeah. for the sake yeah. of let's, let's not mention right. that because they're my clients and they're going to sure. be your clients. I yeah. hope at some point. So, uh, didn't want to. Yeah. We, 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 uh, we went to uh, another major surfboard manufacturer mm-hmm. and, uh, they dug it yeah. and, they, and they said, Hey, we'll be your launch partner. Right. And at that point we were having design issues with, mm-hmm. with the product. And, um, How so? it, it was a, an, uh, you don't have to dive too deep. No, it, we were losing fence. Okay. They were coming out. Okay. And that's unacceptable. Right. You know, so we, we pulled everything back. Right. And said, okay, back to the drawing board. We redesigned, we completely scrapped that whole design. Right. Started over. Right. Luckily, we had Norm. Yeah. And, uh, and. Did you guys have a punch out or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Because you weren't even part of that at that point. No, you know, yes, you were. You, you brought me a prototype, the round puck. Yeah. And I brought that into my yes. 3D world yep. and made you a prototype. And then you came back a few months later and says, hey, you know what? Norm, you, can't, you can't talk because you don't have the microphone in front oh. of you, so it's not going to be a good podcast. Okay. So, so anyways, <laughs> sorry, Norm. <laughs> if we did Zoom, you would have been all about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we pulled it back and, um, and then... Decided, you know, if if I was a surfboard manufacturer, and somebody offered me a, an exclusive with a new fin system that did this, I'd have jumped all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we decided well, let's just start our own board line. Yeah. Then we have more control. Right. You know, we're not dealing with a third party that is. Yeah. You know, so it it just made more sense. So th- this is interesting, right? Because. Um, it sounds like it's proprietary to your boards. Mm-hmm. If I wanted just the fin system, I couldn't get it. Is that true? At this point. Because that, and I know you guys have talked all this through. I'm just looking at it like a business guy. I'm like, and, mm-hmm. and so I apologize. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You've thought it all through. Um, at what point do you think you're going to maybe do a tour of glass shops with a jig and go, jig's free. Here you go. Let me show you how to set it up. Um, is that something that you foresee in the future? Hard to say. It, well, we've talked about it yeah. for sure, um, but the, at, our decision was that we're we would be kind of losing control mm-hmm. of how it it gets installed properly, and it it could go haywire right. before we even you know right. So your feeling is let's do a couple of years of one eighty surfboards, get it out to as many people as we can. We've got control. Um, Let's get proof of concept for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and so yeah. is that where we're at now? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. And tell me about the boards themselves. Who makes the boards? How are the boards made? Where are they made? Um, they're boards of our own design. Yeah. Um, they're all shape files. Mm-hmm. So if somebody orders, let's say, a, a, a C2, um, then the uh, CNC machine will cut a C2. Yeah. It gets scrubbed. Yeah. It gets glassed with our fin system in it. And who does the, who does the manufacturing? Uh, you mean who who does the CNC? No, who who glasses and puts the the jig and the who who does the boards? Uh, ghetto House, Ghetto House down in in San Clemente, down right. in, in the ghetto. Oh, right. 
ghetto house. Does that bother you that that you're um, not bother you, but are you concerned that Matt or whoever's looking at these? Oh, I'm sure he's seen it. Yeah, that's probably a great thing. I would assume, right? A lot of people are seeing it. Yeah, and it, a lot of people are scratching their head. Yeah, because they they don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it. It's it's it, it's even a, worse. We don't want to get it. I think, yeah. which is the which is we're going to change all that. By the way, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Like, I think that you guys are onto something spectacular. I really do. Well, and yeah. I'm I'm geeked out on trying it because as an end user, for me, it's like cool new fin system that that does it's like you know what it's the 21st century or yeah is it the 21st yeah it's the 21st century let's let's move on a little bit yeah. you know and i think i think we're um in a w- weird way because there's so many aspiring surfers now newbies um this could be a really good tipping point because some of that sort of crusty mindset of uh, just throw a fin in it uh, you know it might be gone right well yeah it's heading it's heading that way it it's interesting because <clears throat> I've I've offered uh, several famous surfers, hey, if I make a board for you, will you try it? And they say yes, and then I make it, and they go, I can't I can't try it because I'm already under contract and right. So uh, you know I've got several boards that I made for these people, and they they can't literally can't be seen on it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, the good news is that surf professional surfing's contracting so there's got to be a bunch of really good guys but really so let's talk about marketing because mm-hmm. that's really what we're talking mm-hmm. about here when we get the boards into somebody's hands that will help get the word out right um what is what does the marketing plan look like as far as uh, getting the word out and, and obviously you're going to be at the boardroom show mm-hmm. right that's going to be exciting yeah um there'll be a bunch of surfers there to check it out what else do you have in mind well marketing is not our expertise yeah you know our expertise is coming up with the new fin system being able to create a board being able to prototype stuff right uh marketing is a whole nother animal yeah and um that's and we've known this yeah that this is going to be our biggest hurdle right you know convincing people to try it to look at it to even and money to even try to understand this concept I have some ideas that we'll talk about afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mar- marketing, uh, we knew that, yeah. okay, we've got a great product. Yeah. We've got a bitchin' product line. Now what? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's not, you're not the first, I think, company to, to face this thing, you know? And, you know, it's, I, I think about unique designs in the surfboard realm you know and as you guys recall there was a guy named bob tinkler who had the tinkler tail mm-hmm. which you adjusted it and mm-hmm. it moved and mm-hmm. um there's been all sorts of stuff from tunnel fins to um to you know um steve pendarvis puts flex in the tails mm-hmm. and um to get to this mass appeal is has been it's been a struggle mm-hmm. you know and uh uh, I think we're going to be able to do some exciting things uh, with what you've got. I mean, I, th- I think that this thing is really at a good time. Well, uh, this is the first incarnation uh, that's in front of the public. And between us, you know, we've been working on stuff that's coming that's way better. But we've already tooled up on this. Yeah. And um, 
it really it comes down to money. Yeah. It comes down to money. At what point do you go, okay, look, from a production standpoint, from a manufacturing standpoint, we need to just kind of get a product and kind of stick to it and not like evolve too quickly for the marketplace. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. You know, we're not going to show anyone what we have coming. It's right. we need to let people see what we've got. Yeah. It, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, everything takes forever. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. And you know, you hear people go, well, Hey, if you're going to start a business, make sure you have, you know, you think you need, you know, three times the amount. No, you need six times the amount of money and you need six times the amount of time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the way it works. What do you have planned for, um, Best in show at the boardroom show. There's this best in show. We have two categories, right? Longboard and alternative mm -hmm. performance. And I really think that this is a place where you guys could really shine. And I don't just mean the the beautiful outlines and the foils of the boards and the fin system, but um, I think it'd be good to think outside the box regarding your laminations. Um, you know, maybe there's something you can do there. Um, have you thought about? Best in show. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I'm not asking you to tell me because maybe you want to just, I think it might be wise to keep it as a, keep it as a secret. That's the one going in. That's the best in show. That's, that's it's your board good. right okay. there. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. The listeners are going to have to buy a ticket and show up and check <laughs> this thing out. <laughs> now, the good news is we have a demo morning, Sunday morning mm -hmm. at 15th Street in Del Mar from 7 to 10 a.m. So the listeners can come and ride this fin system, mm -hmm. the 180 surfboard that has this incredible pivoting fin system. Mm -hmm. Why the the uh, why not branding the fin system alone? Well, the, the, we <clears throat> we figured that at some point our hopes is that a, a bigger entity comes and takes this whole thing right. and can move it forward more effectively than we can. Yeah. If they want to brand it, then they've got a, a clean slate. They can brand it however they want. Yeah. You know what I've noticed is that it looks like FCS would be a company that could more easily adopt it based on the bases that I've seen in those things, that they're not like the straight futures box. Have you guys, and I'm sure Norm has, have you guys thought about how to incorporate it so that it fits in the futures box as well as the FCS box? Because to me, that's sort of like the big... That's like when we hit the home run, when everyone goes, oh, you know what? We offer it in FCS2 and in Bob's and Norm's and Chris's thing, whatever we're, you guys decide to call it. We're way ahead of you. Yeah. We designed a box that could take any FCS2 fin and make it a pivoting fin. What about the future? Because the futures box seems a little bit more difficult. You, yeah. Are we there? <clears throat> no, we, because you no. know how much fun it would be to, to roll up to Vince and go, check out my futures box. Well, we, and it's got a pivoting thing. He would love that because I know Vince, he's a very smart cookie. Yeah, yeah. We've sat down with him several yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we did. We created. But if you just showed up with one, he would probably well, I mean, sue you. Maybe. Well, I don't know how yeah. they could. No, I'm just um, teasing. I don't think he would do that. <clears throat> yeah, so we anyway, actually. I, don't, I was just saying, it seems like that's the home run, right? We did. We created it. Yeah. And then we thought, okay, now wait a minute. Why would we include our competitors in this? We we have it. We have the. We can use any FT, F, F, 
FCS2 fin in our system. Oh, then you don't, yeah. But we haven't tooled up on it. Well, the answer is this, right? And I know you, again, you guys, we're just kind of having a, we're spitballing. I know you've thought all this stuff through, so I apologize. But I have a box full of FCS2 fins. Mm -hmm. That's why. Mm -hmm. As an end user, I don't want to have to buy a bunch of 180 fins to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the answer, obviously. The end user's like, dude, don't make me buy seven more $100 sets of fins. Although from your end, kind of want that <laughs> yeah I, it, it goes both ways you're, you're absolutely right you know um and we've pushed this idea around more than once yeah, I bet. you know again it comes down to money yeah. to do that we'd have to tool up yeah you know make molds and yeah they're super expensive yeah yeah so um yeah we've thought about it yeah this is I'm fascinated by the whole thing, the whole the marketing component, all the other stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it comes down to money every time. Yeah. Yeah. Capital. Mm hmm. Well, look, um, what have, what haven't we talked about that we should talk about regarding 180 surfboards? I'm going to get on a board. I'm excited. Thank you so much for letting yeah. me ride a demo. And... Yeah. Yeah. So. Because the fins, each adjustment makes the the board feel different. Yeah. So it's almost like you you have a whole quiver in one board because you can make the fins do what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's huge. Yeah. Um, I I I like to play with the adjustments on mine. Yeah. Um, in fact, I showed you the board out front with the the big twin fins in it, and. Uh, I've been writing that for the last four or five sessions and, and, uh, that board really shows you what it feels like in between adjustments. It's crazy. I locked them, uh, both of them in and, uh, it felt way stiffer. And then I, I I loosened them all up and it was just a complete, it was like I went in and changed boards. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't even have to flip your board over. You can just reach behind under your board and make the adjustment with the button like this. Get, you know, wow, that's an expert move. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> You've been doing it a yeah. lot. I was thinking maybe, and I mean, that's the beauty of this, right? Is that I can play around with it, but I was thinking, okay, maybe the, the, the side fins are static and the back fin has tons of, of flow in it, you know, well, pivot, if you will. Funny. You should say that because, uh, yeah, one guy out in the water he likes to have his um back fin stiff and his front ones yeah maybe looser. That's right uh and i like like it the other way around yeah but mm-hmm. it, it all depends on right. how you surf you may be front foot heavy yeah. you may be back foot heavy and it's going to feel different yeah. for you uh, and your adjustments yeah. um but it, it takes a it takes a few times to figure out what feels good to you, right? You know, but as a general rule, if I'm surfing, say um, San Miguel or Rincon or some down the line type of wave, or say Pavones, if you're a goofy foot, you probably want less. You want more of a static feel, so you can get more drive out of it. But if I'm surfing a local little beach break or something kind of punchy where I need to be in tight arcs, I, I open up the fins so that they're more dynamic. The pivot is much greater. It allows me to get a tighter Mm -hmm. arc in a smaller area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go surf Pavonis. (laughs) Are you a goofy foot? I'm either way. Yeah. 
Fascinating. I'm, well, I'm naturally regular foot, but oh, okay. I I right. love surfing goofy foot. Okay. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Right. So we're saving money because we only have one board, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's, I I'm personally, um, I kind of feel like surfers, uh, and again, maybe I'm speaking from my own experience, but um, sustainability doesn't drive my my purchasing. Like the concept, I don't go into a purchase going, oh, first things first, let's make sure it's sustainable. Yeah. I look at it like, let's make sure it rips. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, most surfers who, who've been surfing for a while, you could look at a board and go, yeah, yeah, that, that looks like a good board. And, you know, you pick it up and you hold it under your arm like, and you go, yeah, no, I've done this enough times to know this is going to be a good board. Or you, you can look at a board and go, no. Yeah. So okay, so drag, yeah, because our our, our fins are mounted parallel to the mm-hmm. stringer. Yeah. There's no toe in, so it, you're not dragging your fins through the water this way. They're knifing through perfectly. Right. So as I'm paddling for the wave, I'm I'm not. There's no dragging as much. Right. Hi, Chris. Yes, sir. Chris Claiborne, and you're part of the the 180 Surfboards program. Right. What were you writing down? Tell me about what you were. Um, I have just a traditional standard. It's the C1 on our product line, but it's really based on like the 1984 Aki, like Uh straightforward 80s performance board that all the pros were riding at that Mm -hmm. time that I grew up riding. And so that uh, board is a very familiar board for a lot of people. In this time that we're in, a lot of people have changed and are riding you know hybrids of everything Mm -hmm. but i've still been a traditionalist in that way Mm -hmm. and the fin system takes that traditional performance board and adds it it makes that board enables it to be your board that you can surf in every condition so i don't change and ride a bigger board i don't change and ride a smaller board i ride my board and i just deal with the fins to deal with the conditions and i can do it while i'm in the water yeah where we lost fins that Bob was talking about because we try to make them without you know, tools free. Mm-hmm. No tools were needed. So you could pop the fin in, adjust it, do everything. So you didn't need a fin key yeah. and all that stuff. And, but we've changed all that and just decided yeah. to make it, a, you know, set it in with a fi- um, set screw. Yeah. We're all used to that. That's no and that's familiar to a lot of people. Um, and, but the bottom line is, is to make your one board that you got your feet in all the time that you're used to. Yeah. Cause yeah, when you pull out your bigger step up board that day, it takes a few minutes cause you're not used to riding that one anymore. Yeah. So you can really make your short board, your gun and your fun board. And, um, just along those things of sustainability, I mean, boards are expensive and yeah. they're made out of rotten materials. Yeah. So if you can have one board that does your whole trick, which most people aren't traveling and charging huge surf or they want to go to the wave pools and and ride lowers and salt create these kind of waves, Oceanside. Yeah. And they're never, they're never super heavy, (laughs) you know, so, (laughs) so the, everyone wants to get perfect garage again, but the fact is, is we're all surfing three to four foot surf most of the time. And I would argue a perfect G land would be a great place to have this fin system. You know, sure. I mean, we want to tweak on it. You know, what a great testing ground. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Desert Point. 
<laughs> we got a goofy. But the drag <laughs> thing about the drag, like even just when you're paddling, you know, your fins are parallel, so you're you can paddle faster. Yeah. And so that's helping you get into the wave. And so if you have them adjusted to to um to uh, pivot to a certain point or all the way, that's only happening under load when you're in a turn. So right. when you're going straight and shooting down the line on the wave, you're like on a gun that has straight parallel fins right. going fast. Right. And then when you dig into a turn, those fins load up with water. You come out of a turn and they squirt. They give you a thrust. Yeah. And cool. so we've, like Bob said, always try to get, I mean, we're familiar and friends with all the best surfers that are in San Clemente and otherwise. Yeah. And, um, but they're under contract and they're hesitant to try anything that's that new or that different, possibly, you know, wanking your first time, which you might do yeah. to sort it out. My first experience with Bob, cause he didn't want to tell anybody cause he'd been so beat up through the toy industries. And like he said, he lost businesses and yeah. had things going. That's how we met like 25 years ago in a toy business. Yeah. But <clears throat> he didn't want to tell anybody. And then he let me in. Um, cause I always stayed in touch with him cause he's this creative like genius in his garage. Yeah. And so by getting with me, then we, I go, we got to get this in the computer. You can't hand do this anymore. And that's where Norm comes along and, um, takes us to another level in our ability but back to getting one person and we've talked to the king, we've talked to everybody in between. Yeah. And you know, these guys all have their ideas for what they want to do with something. Did this sign NDAs when you talked to them? Yeah. Yeah. And look, plus we have patents. So the NDA is one thing, but we have a patent enforcement right. if it needs to be. And, and, and I apologize, but are the tabs on the fins, your proprietary tabs, or can I put any of my fins in They're the part of our intellectual property that, it pertains right to now, the design. So the tabs are, you have yes. to buy your fins to correct. Okay. Cool. Well, what else? I, I feel like we've covered a lot at the risk of, of sounding like a, 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 a PR podcast. I'm just excited about the, anything new like this, Thank you, you know, and, and so I'm looking forward to riding the, the board yeah, good. and getting a feel for it and seeing the, seeing the unveiling at the boardroom show in September. Well, I've, I've always said no one's going to pay attention until somebody pays attention. Right. And, you know, hopefully this is the, the, like you said, the tipping point where, you know, maybe somebody is going to look at it and go, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said to you earlier, I'll, I'll never go back to fix fins. Right. There's no reason to go back to fix fins. Right. We can fix these if we want. You just lock them all in and there you, you yeah. have it. Right. So, for for me, fixed fins, uh, it, they're a dinosaur now. Yeah, they look pretty. They have got all kinds of you know uh, methods to make fins now, but they're still fixed. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Bob Folk and Norman and Chris Claiborne. Norm, you don't have a last name. Roberts. 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 That's right. Thank you. Thanks for so much for. Yeah. Do you, yeah, I can put your. What's your website? 180surfboards.com. 180surfboards.com. O-N-E. O-N-E and the number yeah. 80 surfboards. And yeah. then also, as I mentioned earlier, make sure you guys go to the YouTube website. Do a search for 180 surfboards on YouTube. It'll pop right up and you'll get a good look at these. And then, of course, 
this whole system and the boards will be on display at the boardroom show September 25th and 26th. And I'm sure that there's contact information on the website. So um, reach out, shoot Bob and Norma, Chris, uh, an email and get interested in this thing. I'm super excited about it and um, I'm looking forward to riding it and uh, we'll see what happens. Great. <laughs> that, that, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Thank you, it. Scott. Mm -hmm. Okay, appreciate you guys. It. Thank you.